God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, you know, um, I've been thinking a lot about uh, these conflicts. And you always have to get back to the basics, don't you? You always have to get back to the basics. And the basics are telling me the, the boy who cried wolf. Have I seen this before? I've seen it before. I've heard this before. I've played this record before. And the boy who cries wolf is this boy that would just, you know, say there's a fire in the village or, you know, lie in in all kinds of different ways and then just laugh at you. But right now it's, it's not even a laughing matter. It's a lot more serious and sinister than that. But it is, it's no joke. But, you know, when I'm listening to Zelensky, and I'm listening to Zelensky speak, I'm thinking, he gets to speak, but Putin doesn't. And John Legend is at the Grammys, and he's talking about, you know, they're doing songs, and they're they're being inspi- inspiring. And these are all the same suspects that told us all these different things about Jesse Smollett, you know, you're a racist. If you support Trump, you're a racist that that supports lynching black people. And and <clears throat> Cory Booker can't can't uh he, he can't even get a grip on things because it's a black woman that's going to be nominated perhaps today uh with respect to uh the Supreme Court. Not that anybody else ever had a chance. Yeah, that's a form of censorship too. You know, YouTube and all these other uh, channels and social media outlets who've banned Trump supporters and Trump himself, who gave a great speech, by the way, over in Michigan, endorsing candidates. I see where he's going with this. It's exactly what MAGAPAC.org is doing. Every single step of the way, when we 
fight this good fight on behalf of the patriots of America to try to avoid the mistakes and missteps of the past. But the boy who cried woof. So Zelensky's up there and he's talking at the Grammys and you're like, okay, I believe him. But I also understand that everybody that supports him is doing it in blind faith and is doing it and they're the same people that said all these other things. And so it's a real doggone shame that we are now at a place where we uh, don't know who to believe. They want us to believe the people who have lied to us for so long. And I have no reason not to believe them, but then again, I have all every reason not to believe them. Because I don't know what they're telling me is true. You can't... Lawrence Jones, for example, who is a guy I just think he's way overrated. But he's on Fox and Friends, and he's talking about, you know, how inspiring the Grammys were and how inspiring Zelensky was, and that you can't believe your lying eyes. When we find out that there's false flag attacks... Images used from different countries, from different years, used to illustrate a particular point or agenda. And, you know, I don't want to be a conspiracy nut, and I don't want to be a, uh, a person who doesn't believe what's in front of my eyes. And I don't want to be perceived as someone who's supporting Vladimir Putin, because, because I don't. I never have. I don't think there's a Trump supporter or a patriot alive that said, I really love Vladimir Putin. I don't think anybody did. So it's not like because I don't choose one and I choose, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean I'm choosing the other. Just because I don't, just because I, I remain skeptical about what's being sold to me by a cheating salesman doesn't mean that I like the other product better. And so we're forced to do our own investigative work, and that's what this show is all about. If you go to my substack over at scottadamshow.substack.com, you'll see what we talk about over there is different than what you see on the news, what you see on Hannity what you see on most other channels. That's why I coined my name Political Analyst Extraordinaire. If you go over to scottadamshow.substack.com, it's just a fun little name. But we like to do things a little bit different, think outside the box. But, you know, that's the thing that I was was like, I want to believe this Zelensky. You know, he is an actor. He knows how to look in the camera. And he really gives a good sales pitch. And then you hear the music and you get people that you you know. But you know them, right? They're the same people that told you that Jussie Smollett was lynched. They're the same people that said Russia uh, has P-tapes of Donald Trump. They're the same people 
that impeached our president, a duly elected president, over this corrupt laundering country called Ukraine when Zelensky first became president. And Zelensky did say some things that, you know, the call was perfectly normal to him, but nobody believed him at the time. The, the, everybody believed Alexander Vindman or Maria Yovanovitch or George Kent, the guy with the bow tie, or Bill Taylor, the ambassador extraordinaire over there. You know, and all the while, all this corruption is going on. Nobody, you know, wanted to uh, investigate Hunter Biden, who is making $83,000 a month on the panel of Burisma, or Mitt Romney's advisor, Kofor Black, who they made their millions in Afghanistan in the early uh, part of the millennium. And then they were investing in Ukraine corruption and laundering using the four currencies on the black market, like human trafficking, drug trafficking, weapons, distribution, and arms sales in exchange for oil. Nobody's writing a little personal check. Who do I make this check out to, Mitt? Do I make it out to your advisor, Kofor Black, who sits on the board of Burisma? Or do I do it a little bit differently? Do I give you access to these shares of oil over here in the Middle East while you give me my weapons that I'm going to sell to another mercenary group. And with the money that I get from that, I'm going to buy some tank busters that you you guys won't sell me because you don't want to be in direct conflict with Russia. Oh, it gets a little bit more complicated, doesn't it? Just like, remember those MiG jets that Poland didn't want to give directly to Ukraine? They wanted to give them to the United States, and the United States was like, hot potato. We don't want to give them to Ukraine directly either. Because that would be a direct conflict with Putin. Putin's doing very well, actually. You know, his oil sales are skyrocketing right now. And just over the weekend in Pakistan, Imran Khan, guess what happened to him? They tried to throw him out of office because Pakistan has always been a puppet country. Remember uh, Karzai in Afghanistan? Or and then and then Imran Khan is now the leader of uh, Pakistan. They were puppet countries of ours, and because they weren't uh, going to do what they were told by the European Union, Biden uh, decided to throw a bit of a coup and tried to oust Imran Khan. But he declared it unconstitutional over the weekend. A lot's happened over the weekend, by the way. And in 90 days, they're going to have these uh, elections, snap snap back elections, snap elections. And he's probably going to remain in power. I don't know whether I'm a fan of Imran Khan or not. I've heard him speak. I've, you know, I've seen what he's had to do. But he basically said, we are not a puppet of the European Union. We are not part of this globalist movement. We are not going to do what we told. We are a sovereign nation. And so, you know, this whole thing is, is really, you know, we know it's about globalism. We know it's all about that. And we're going to play a clip related to this shortly that's going to, um, I think, really open your eyes to what this war is all about. Because Russia's making out like a bandit, and so is China. 
they're they're increasing um, they're increasing their oil production at the same time China is going to benefit from electric batteries. If you want to get your climate change initiatives passed, what do you do? You cut down our energy independence and you get involved in chaotic wars that are senseless. This war could have been easily avoided, and everybody knows it. Tulsi Gabbard has given us fair warning. Most people with half a brain know this could have been the easiest conflict to avoid. So when I see these pictures and these dead bodies in the street and these explosions and all this catastrophe, and they want me to blame Putin and idolize Zelensky, given the track record that I know, I'm a little bit skeptical, especially when you can't even hear. And I think it's a disservice to the people. And I think it's a disservice to everybody involved that Russia doesn't have a seat at the globalist table at the G20. They don't have a seat at the G7 that should be a G8. They don't have uh, a platform on social media. They don't have uh, Russian today, for example, has been completely silenced. And what I like to do, you know, if I turn on MSNBC, I know I'm going to hear something that's anti-Trump. And that's okay because I want to know what the other side is thinking and saying. I want to know what diet they're on. I want to know what's making them think. Because then if I turn on, say, you know, Fox News, I'm going to hear something that's maybe a little bit more pro-Trump or they're going to be talking a lot more about Disney and all the freaks, freakazoids that are teaching our children. We're going to, we have a bunch of clips for that today as well. But all of this is happening. But we're going to start off with Ukraine. And I want to play a clip from... Tucker, and it's the first four minutes of his open, not the whole open, but from Friday. It it blew me away. It was really, really good. He says exactly what we've been saying for the last few months, and then he has this great interview with a guy who wrote a book, and he's going to be talking more and more about how this war is helping the Green Initiative complete their goals and tasks when they otherwise never ever could. So at the end of the day, you know, when you're listening to a boy who's lied to you before cry wolf, you got to ask yourself when you're skeptical, just like a detective would or just like a police officer would when he's questioning people, who benefits? Who's got the insurance policy? Who Who's the benefactor of this murder, of this death, of this crisis, of this action? Who benefits? And then the next question, when we get later in the show, we're going to talk a little bit about Disney. And we're going to talk about all these freak teachers and things that are happening in there. And you're going to ask yourself, who owns Disney? BlackRock owns 116 million shares of Disney. I just wanted to get that out there. BlackRock, who wants to change your behavior... We have an audio clip for that, as you've heard many times, me play. And so it's all motivated by control of a globalist viewpoint. 
And we're seeing this globalism and this new world order emerge with China and uh, Russia aligned together. They're probably going to line up with countries like Pakistan and, and Iran. And then we're going to have our own faction. We might even start the American Union, the America Union, and join forces with the European Union. And there will be no need for borders, which is why they want to open the border. And then we hear uh, Maria, Maria Bartiroma uh, had interviews and guests on saying very clearly, unequivocally, that uh, Title 42 is going to go bye-bye and we're going to see a humanitarian crisis to the likes we've never seen across the southern border. And the liberals are just going to sit there and, and rejoice at this catastrophe, this attack on American soil. But we're going to go over there to Ukraine and protect their sovereignty and borders, but we're not going to protect our own. It's just absolutely absurd. Well, all right, let's take a listen to Tucker Carlson. Uh, this is going to cue, it, cue what we're doing up really nicely. Let's take a listen here. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson. Tonight, pretty much everybody in America feels awful about what is happening right now to average Ukrainians. They didn't ask for this war and they're really suffering. So your heart goes out. You feel compassion for tragedy no matter where it is, whether it's a landslide in Sri Lanka or a war in Ukraine. So you feel compassionate. On the other hand, you may have at some point over the last month asked yourself, why is the invasion of a faraway Eastern European country suddenly the single biggest thing that ever happened in our country, in America? That's kind of strange, especially given everything we've got going on in the U.S. right now. And what is it with Biden's response to this war? That's weird, too. Biden keeps telling us these energy sanctions are going to crush Putin. But they haven't. That's clearly not true. Putin's fine. The ruble has almost completely recovered since the day Russia invaded. So much for destroying the Russian economy and getting the Russian military to withdraw from Ukraine. And yet, we in the U.S. are paying higher and higher gas prices thanks to these sanctions. So Biden is not hurting Vladimir Putin. Biden is hurting American citizens. Why? What exactly is this about? Well, the first thing you should know and never forget is that nothing changes a society faster than a war, even a war in another country. If you want to reorder a society, you're going to need a major crisis in order to do it. The democratic process is not going to work for you. The democratic process will never get you to total transformation because voters almost never want systemic change. They prefer incremental improvement. And that's why they tend to elect the very same people to office year after year. They do that. Because radicalism, big change, scares them. They are not looking, and they are never looking, for massive, abrupt changes to the way they live. So again, if you want a revolution, you're going to need some kind of emergency to justify it. Let's say, for example, that you wanted to change a country's 250-year-old system of voting in order to make that system much more vulnerable to mass election fraud, which you would commit. How would you go about doing something like that? You couldn't do it by referendum. No. You might need to declare a public health emergency and then institute vote by mail in the name of fighting a pandemic. You should try that because that might work. Or for another example, how would you go about taking full control over an economy built on fossil fuels? Well, you'd first have to break the existing economy, because if you gave people a choice over how to power their vehicles, homes and businesses, not many of them would choose windmills. No, 
they'd go with what they have, which is oil and gas. So you'd have to take that choice away from them. You couldn't let them choose. And you couldn't do this by democratic means because no legislature would ever vote for a change like that because they know voters don't want it. So instead, you might use a war underway across the world to declare an energy shortage in your country and then make fossil fuels unaffordable for the average person. And that way, people would have no choice but to switch over to the new system, which not incidentally, you and your friends and your donors would control. So that'd be one way, maybe the only way to get a Green New Deal without having to get it through Congress because it never would go through Congress. Hmm. Do you think that's what's happening here? You'd hate to think so. You wouldn't want to think that your government would intentionally exacerbate the suffering of millions of Ukrainian civilians in order to take over America's energy grid. But that seems to be exactly what is happening right now. And we know this because the administration has essentially told us so. As of tonight, the vast majority of electricity that we use in this country for everything, about 80% of our electricity, comes from just three sources, natural gas, coal, and nuclear energy. The Biden administration has pledged to get rid of all three of these things. There will be no more coal plants, Joe Biden said during the campaign. John Kerry, our aging climate czar, agreed. No more coal plants operating in the United States by 2030, he said. No clue on how we're going to power the cities that are totally dependent on coal-fired electricity. But here's Joe Biden explaining that electricity for your home and your city, electric cars, all of it pretty darn soon is going to come from heat pumps and solar panels. Under my plan, which is before the Congress now, we can take advantage of the next generation of electric vehicles that a typical driver will save about $80 a month from not having to pay gas at the pump. If your home is powered by safer, cheaper, cleaner electricity like solar or heat pumps, you can save about $500 a month on average. Wow. So we just need to completely change the way that you power your home. We're going to get rid of coal, gas, and nuclear energy. And you can save, on average, some more, $500 a month. You just have to power your house with solar panels. It's simple. So where will these solar panels come from? Well, as it happens, they will come from China. We can be certain of that because the Chinese make more than 80% of all the world's solar panels, which is, say, all of them. So we're going to be even more reliant, far more reliant on Chinese manufacturing than we already are. Offend the Chinese and no more electricity. So that's a risk, considering they despise us. But it's going to be worth it, Joe Biden says. We're going to upend the entire U.S. economy and make ourselves completely dependent on a country that seeks to displace us. But you're going to save 500 bucks a month on your energy bill. $500 a month, not a small thing. But it's not actually true. So shortly after Biden spoke, in a ritual we're becoming very used to, the White House issued a clarification. It turns out that Biden meant to say, and if he wasn't senile, would have said, that you're going to save $500 a year, so that's one-twelfth of what he promised, if we turn over our electricity production to China. So $500 a year, not a month. So he was only off by about $5,500. On the other hand, $500 a year is still something. It's enough to fill your SUV maybe three times. Watch. It cost tech entrepreneur Mo Hassan $140 every two days to fill up his 2021 Cadillac Escalade when he cruises the streets of Southern California. Prices vary depending on where you buy. At many stations, it's still way above $7 a gallon, still the highest in the country. Though we've had a dip of a few cents in recent days, hardly a game changer. 
oh, it's just $7.50 a gallon, not a big deal. It's always been this way. Oh, no, it hasn't. Pretty soon they'll tell you that, but we just want to say for the record that that's not true. In 2018, which is not ancient history, the average price of a gallon of gasoline in the state of California, most expensive in the country, was $3.60 per gallon. Now it's double that. How did that happen? Does it have anything to do with the current president's pledge to, quote, phase out fossil fuels forever? Gasoline is a fossil fuel. He wants to phase it out. Shouldn't surprise you that it's more expensive. Or could it be Vladimir Putin's fault? Did Putin do it? Here's what PragerU found out when they spoke to people who are actually buying gas. Watch. Why do you think that the gas prices have gotten so high? Well, I think it's to do with um, maybe all the sanctions on Russia part of it. United States stopped importing Russian oil or something to that effect. I don't know if I have the details quite right, but that's, yeah. what I, that's what I think. Part of that is definitely true. A lot of it is somewhat because America is an energy independent. We don't produce a lot of our own energy anymore. But Russian oil is only about 3% of the oil that America gets. The price of gas was going up before okay. Russian oil. Okay. We had our own energy, our own oil production. It would be a lot a lot easier and a lot more sufficient, a lot more reliable too. Yeah, that's a very interesting thought. I've not thought about that before. Yep, it's not an interesting, it is an interesting thought. Listen, you know, here's the thing. This is all about climate and this is all about the globalist agenda. And you know what else is, they, they, uh, I mean, I would not be surprised if they didn't botch the Afghanistan thing up to get the refugees that they wanted, right? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at anything anymore. And that's just it. That's the, that's the, the problem. You know, I was, uh, again, watching. I, didn't, I, didn't, I did not watch the Grammys. I have no interest in the Grammys. But I did uh, hear about the Zelensky speech. And it was very dramatic, and it was very uh, much saying, you know, talking about the death and destruction of it's going on in Ukraine, and Putin is bad. But you know, again, it would be nice to hear both sides of why why it is that all of a sudden Vladimir Putin and Russia are doing things that they hadn't been doing for the last ten, twenty years. You know, in, in terms of what they're doing right now in Ukraine, right? This is new. No one's ever, ever going to say that Putin is a nice guy. And nobody ever will. Nobody ever did. Just because we're skeptical about what the lying people have told us for the last 10 years, or, you know, longer than that, but, you know, the same people that have lied to us about, you know, well, I'm going to read this tweet here. I said, media censored all the all other voices as they lied about masks, vax, Russian impeachment hoaxes, Jussie Smollett, they basically said you're a racist for not believing him, that he was lynched, seized the Ottawa truckers' assets for merely honking, incarcerated J6 protesters against election, who, who were protesting against election fraud. They want us to believe them now as they silence Russia. This is no way to resolve a conflict, is what I said. And, and Bradford file uh, writes this. He says, if you're still wearing a mask and waiting for another booster, a virus isn't your problem. That's true. You know, if Biden is openly telling us 
his staff, his staff that he wants the Justice Department to prosecute his former political rival. Imagine what he's doing to interfere in the investigation into his family's business dealings, right? So this is the same guy that basically sold out to China and sold out to Ukraine through his family's crime spree, and we're supposed to believe him. I think that all the evidence is being destroyed. You know, I think that we're learning a lot more about the biolabs in Ukraine, and they're going to get destroyed, the evidence. And if it's not destroyed, it's going to be blamed on Russia. So that when this information does come out, they're going to say, oh, it's Russian propaganda. And Russia's never going to get the, to, to tell you otherwise because they're not going to have a seat at the table. They're going to be censored. So they're not even going to make the argument. You know, a grand jury indictment is where the prosecutor gets to speak and the defense gets nothing. It's, it's completely uh, secret. The defense doesn't get to do anything with the grand jury indictments. And that's why they say you can indict a ham sandwich because it's the easiest thing in legal uh, law to do is get a grand jury indictment. You make your case, the other side gets to, gets muzzled, and they're out of the loop completely. The grand jury is the one that gets to decide. Stephen Miller wrote this, DOJ sent a letter to all states threatening doctors who won't chemically neuter or surgically castrate patients with gender confusion. American First Legal sued to stop the health and uh, human services from carrying out this uh, vile threat. And I said, it sounds a lot like Biden's push for more gay and trans psyops, gaslighting. It so- I said, it sounds like Biden's push for more gay and trans psyop gaslighting was more to do with reducing birth rates to make better use of refugees and migrant slave labor while curbing emissions from human flatulence, body heat, pollution, and fossil fuel consumption. I had a hard time reading that because it's on a smaller screen. But, you know, the idea was I wouldn't put it, put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them botching the Afghanistan to get refugees, despite the fact that many people's lives were lost. I wouldn't put it past them to, you know, basically overthrow Gaddafi, take over Libya, and run guns out of Benghazi. And despite the fact that lives were being lost, it didn't matter because it was a secret mission. And what were they doing? They were taking those weapons and that, those assets and giving them to ISIS. And they call ISIS a terrorist group, but they were more used like mercenaries to control the oil fields out of Iraq. And they wanted a pipeline through Syria, so they destabilized Syria so that they could run unimpeded, so that Assad's men couldn't put up a toll and say, you're going to have to either pay or... Whatever, because, see, Syria is controlled by Russia. Syria and Russia are allies. So sending pipe, uh, cheap oil in a pipeline up from Iraq to Europe gets in the way of the business matters of oil coming down from the north from Russia into Europe. So there's competing in- interests there. 
And Lindsey Graham and John McCain were spending an awful lot of time over there hanging out with people like al-Baghdadi, the person who was... And then who killed al-Baghdadi? Trump. Who killed Soleimani? Trump. Who sanctioned Iran? Trump. And now Iran is financing the Houthis and they're bombing Saudi oil fields right now as we speak. And these, a lot of these Saudi oil fields that are Saudi-owned are in Yemen, which is a neighboring country of Saudi Arabia and controls the water ports that lead, you know, that lead into the Mediterranean. Or the, the sea southern, south to that. The Mediterranean is also to the west of Syria, where Cyprus is, where that's the money laundering capital of the world. But, you know, there's also oil that was going down through Libya into Africa. And so you got to, like, think about it from a dollars and cents perspective. And a lot of politicians, a lot of senators were getting rich quick off of this. And a lot of the laundering was being done out of Ukraine and Latvia and Lithuania and Montenegro. And there's pictures of our senators hanging out with these heads of state and these leaders. And they're on video receiving awards. And they're doing it at strange times, like during the president, uh, Trump's presidential, where he was in transition, President-elect Trump, where President-elect Trump was in transition trying to put together a cabinet from Trump Tower in New York City Meanwhile, you had all this happening uh, on New Year's Eve 2016, going into 2017, December 31st, 2016. You got John McCain and Lindsey Graham hanging out with Poroshenko and his military and Amy Klobuchar. And from what I hear, Amy Klobuchar had a financial investor do a down payment on on weapons and from what I've heard about that deal they received the weapons and then they sold those weapons to ISIS and ISIS was the mercenary group that was controlling the oil that was weakening Russia and the money that they got from that sale of weapons they then bought javelin missiles or made them themselves And then we're hearing about the enriched uranium. And it was the Clintons that sold Russia the enriched uranium. Remember just after she hit the reset button with Lavrov, the foreign minister of Russia, and Vladimir Putin? And remember back even further than that when just before Russia went into Crimea, uh, you had... had, um, Obama talking with the president of Russia during a time when Putin was like a prime minister or something. Medvedev. And he says, I will translate this back to Vladimir. You know, after the election, after the 2012 election, I'll have more flexibility. Remember Obama said that? And then remember when Hillary hit the reset button? and then sold 20% of America's enriched uranium. And that's something that is precious materials that they're getting out of the Middle East. Russia is. 
And China is going to be the benefactor because you have these countries and you have companies like BlackRock that are financing these liberal agendas and these globalist agendas. And what's happening is these green initiatives, these non-governmental organizations and these these nonprofit organizations are getting flooded with cash to make a difference and impact <clears throat> Disney to buy advertising and promotions that try to help CNN and MSNBC stay afloat, even though CNN, their plus streaming service is going out of business, it seems like they're laying off. But you wonder how this money, how they, they pay the bills when their numbers are so low. People aren't interested in what they're selling. Because the same people that are supporting Zelensky right now, the same people that believed the Jesse Smollett hoax, the same people that wanted Trump impeached over a perfectly good call with Zelensky, the same people that are wearing masks. It says here, you know, if you're... um. If you're wearing a mask, let's see, what was the one I just read? It's really funny. It says, if you're still wearing a mask and waiting for another booster, a virus isn't your problem. And then also, you know, there's another joker uh, online, Cat Turd. And Cat Turd writes, what month does the mail-in ballot midterm COVID, COVID variant begin? Everybody knows it's a joke. Right. You know, on my Substack from the April 1st show, I wrote this. You know, I said, well, you know, the show covered race and culture, trans politics, Democrats buying voter blocks with your money. The war in Ukraine, only one part is only one part of the globalist aggression to control every aspect of your life. I said liberal globalists aggression, support and endorsement and endorsed by the Socialist Democrats is the biggest threat to your freedom. Whether they use open borders to water down your cultural heritage, language, and identity, to cancel culture, to erase your history, to racial and gender gaslighting, to divide and conquer you, to use pandemics to advance social credit scoring systems designed to censor and control your speech and finances, to climate change, to force you to adopt their green initiatives at any cost. Like I say, they don't really care about the lives lost down at the southern border, as long as it fulfills their agenda. What's the agenda down on the southern border? Of course, we know it's slave labor. We know that it's slave labor for the uh, the corporations owned by BlackRock. And again, BlackRock owns Disney, so they're gaslighting the American public in support of advancing voter blocks. And that's what it's all about. This LGBTQ and this trans, they're doing exactly what they did in the 60s when Linda B. Johnson you know, adva- paid a lot of money on civil rights programs. And he says, we're going to own those. And then he used the N-word for the next 200 years. And then with Planned Parenthood, they took tax dollars from both the conservatives and the Republicans and gave it to Planned Parenthood, even though the conservatives didn't support abortions. But that was their way of basically using the other side of the political aisle to finance their agenda. 
There, there seems it seems like they're the only ones that do that. The Republicans never get away with that. I don't understand why. But they never do. They have the wrong leadership. We look back over the last two decades, at least three decades, and we see, you know, all these so-called conservatives like Bill Kristol or Michael Steele or, you know, all these different rhinos, you know, McCain's crew. All of them turned out to be radical lefties. They're, They're now Democrats. They were never Republicans. They were just infiltrators. And that's what we have to be careful of right now. And we have to remain skeptical. And we cannot support people that have just, you know, basically been not getting the job done and not speaking the truth and have been proven wrong because a lot of this stuff is just embarrassing. You know, that's why that's why I was so discouraged when Marjorie Taylor Greene spoke at this uh, rally run by this guy that was a bit of a white supremacist. And and then she endorsed J.D. Vance, and then J.D. Vance had to come to her aid. And it's just a, a crap show. It's just a joke. You know, and for people that support J.D. Vance, for example, you know, I understand he's probably going to win the Ohio Senate primary. I'm against it. Because I know where he was with Evan McMullen, and he hated Donald Trump with a passion. And there's so much documentation out there, and they've they've erased it. They've they've uh, scrubbed the internet on his behalf. But he's going to fit in nicely in Washington D.C. I'm sure of it, because he's one of the establishment. He's no different. He's just as bad. And as soon as he gets into the Senate, he's going to be aligned with Mitt Romney because that's where he was in 2015 and 16 when he endorsed Evan McMullen to try to prevent Trump from winning any electoral votes in Utah. And Evan McMullen didn't just run in Utah, he ran in other states too. We have to really be careful about all that. And I get zero points. You know how much hate mail I get every time I bring this up? A lot. I get a lot. And people just like hate me for saying it. I don't I don't have anything to gain from telling you the truth on this particular subject. Because there's a good chunk of my listener base that actually, you know, loves Marjorie Taylor Greene and loves Steve Bannon and loves Steve Cortez and I love them too. I've quoted them a lot. You know, ran their clips and things like that. But I have no patience for this then flipping. And you know it's got to be that, because I know that the, uh, I know some of the PR people that work with J.D. Vance. They, they're right here in D.C. I've had drinks with them. And I can tell you that this kind of thing happens all the time where campaigns buy endorsements. And it's just, it's a sellout. You know, it's just an absolute sellout. And that's one thing I'm proud of that we have not done that here on the Scott Adams Show. I want to play the second part of this clip. This is a guy that, um, I forget his name, but I'm going to, I'll tell you in a second here. Um, this is an interview that Tucker did. That it's an extension of the Ukraine thing, and they peel this onion a little bit further. Let's take a listen. 
Check investments right now in renewable energies since the man-made energy crisis that Joe Biden and his sanctions set off. And you'll see it's quite a robust market right now. Who's benefiting from that? Right. People like Jennifer Granholm. She wants to force you to subsidize her investments. That's the medium to long term strategy. And no crisis in the last decade have gives, have, has given them better cover than the invasion of the client state of Ukraine that Jennifer Granholm can't even find on a map. There's a reason they're focused on Ukraine, and it's to give you the Green New Deal whether you want it or not. Mark Morano is the author of Green Fraud, Why the Green New Deal is Even Worse Than You Think. He joins us tonight. Mark, thanks so much for coming on. You've written and thought so much and reported so much about the Green New Deal. No chance Congress would ever pass anything like that because nobody wants it. But a war into which we are now being drawn because of their policies is a perfect cover for giving us the Green New Deal whether we want it or not. Yes, it is. In fact, let's, let's look at this here. They, they introduced the Green New Deal in Congress and then never scheduled hearings, a vote. There's no town halls. There's no constituent <laughs> services. No one wanted it. They didn't want to vote. They didn't need a vote. Biden declared that every cabinet agency would be a climate agency. And one of the biggest things about our energy that a lot of people miss is the defunding of our energy through the banking system, through the SEC. They're now forcing climate disclosures on everyone. They are now have their claws, federal regulators, in every aspect pretty much of any business going forward if this keeps up without a vote of Congress. That's what they're looking for. And they know the Green New Deal won't pass. So what they're going to do, the COVID lockdowns actually gave them many aspects of the Green New Deal with the immediate lockdown. But now going forward, they're doubling down using the Russian invasion. The solution to the Russian invasion is the solution to climate change. It happened to be the solution to COVID, which is more working from home, less driving, less freedom, higher energy costs, more restrictions on your liberty. Regardless of the crisis, it always empowers the administrative state, the bureaucrats and those in power. Well, I, maybe the, the point of the crisis is to do that. And I just, I, look, this is not a civic yeah. show, but I, I hear the word democracy roll off the tongues of virtually every authoritarian in Washington. Is this how a democracy works? You use a diversion to get massive societal changes around the legislature and impose them by force? Is that what democracy is? Well, no, what they've decided is they're going to uh, rule by emergency declaration, by crisis uh, management. This is how they want to do it. The COVID emergency declaration gave us every, particularly blue state, some red state, uh, every governor became a dictator virtually overnight as they imposed whatever mandate they felt like, whether it was masks, kids, uh, vaccine passports, you name it, they could do it because they were empowered. You go back in history, the fall of the Roman Empire was due to the abuse of emergency power, the centralization of power, Middle Ages, the German Republic, 1933, 12-year declaration in Germany led to, of course, all the abuses in Germany. So this is how we got the Patriot Act through this kind of crisis management. And now they're using, right after COVID crisis, they're going to pile on with this. And people would not volunteer to give up their cars, their SUVs. But now you have reports like International Energy Agency calling for the, the, uh, the stopping of car driving on Sunday, odd even license plates, uh, lowering speed limits, SUV taxes, because we're in this energy crisis. They're achieving things they could never get through the election. Yeah. People who tell you the oceans are going to rise are buying $30 million houses on the beach. <laughs> well, right. Yeah, I, do, I don't believe you anymore. Yeah, Greta Thunberg. <laughs> Mark, Mark Randall, we're out of well, time. Yeah. I appreciate your coming on. Oh. See, 
That's what's going on. The Patriot Act was a classic example. You know, they they took away our rights. They they wiretapped our phones. They listened. They said they were only going to listen to terrorists, but they they listened to every other person, and they they forged alliances and and they green lighted a lot of uh, activities uh, in 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 a consortium or in cooperation with uh, the social media and big tech giants. And that's what that's what we have. That's why, you know, it was almost tongue in cheek when Facebook became meta because everybody was accusing the NSA of collecting metadata and metadata was like, oh, well, you know, it's only so we have the data collected. So if there is a crime, we can go back and decipher it. Well, no, it turns out that they're just wiretapping like people's phones that, that they're political adversaries. And they've used the Patriot Act against their own people. And, you know, that's the sad truth. That That's the sad, sad part about it. And they're the same people that censor you. So if you question it, they'll censor you. If you question COVID or the masks, they'll censor you. If you question anything, they'll censor you. Plus, they're using your money to buy vote, voter blocks like LBGDQ, uh, trans. There's... The numbers of trans is not what it, they, they make it out to be. But, you know, because Obama is controlling uh, the narrative over at uh, Netflix and, uh, and all these other um, people sit on all these different boards uh, and they're run by companies like BlackRock who own companies like Disney or Control. You know, there's good news in one sense. Elon Musk j- uh, just bought new shares in Twitter. Elon Musk buys $3 billion in stake, 9.2% in Twitter, and is now the platform's largest shareholder. That might actually make Twitter a lot more tolerable than it used to be. Um, Now that Jack Dorsey's out, the other guy was just as bad, the new guy, the new CEO. But because of the money, because they're hurting for money, they need that money. And... uh, because they they lost Donald Trump. And not only that, but with Truth Social, if they could ever get their act together, I got four accounts. Magapack, Bugle Call, Scott Adams Show, and Red State Talk Radio over on Truth Social. And every one of them is still waiting for activation. You know, even though we've, we've uh, been verified in every way. It's kind of crazy, right? But... <clears throat> We're going to, I want want you to hear a couple of these other clips as well. Um, There's uh, some stuff that I wanted to play for you uh, that's just a little bit more tongue-in-cheek and fun, but uh, not really fun. Um, Here's what Danny DeVito had to say uh, about America. This year's uh, nominees. Let's take a listen. We live in, uh, you know, uh, a country, uh, we love America. It's a racist country uh, built on the boards of genocide. (laughs) He thinks America, here's how he explains America, is a racist country built on the boards of genocide. What a moronic statement. Here's a teacher who wants to teach your children, and he wants wants to tell them Um, about his his sexual persuasion. I ended up telling my students that... I was gay. 
Um, and how it came up was one of the students uh, was like, you know, my mom thinks that you're gay because of your voice. And I'm like, maybe, maybe not. So, so they were asking me if I was because I kind of alluded that I was. So I kind of let them wonder and ponder on it. And I have like, um, you know, like the LGBT uh, promotional, like uh, this is a safe community kind of stuff, the rainbow stuff all up in my room. And I told them, I'm like, if you look around the room, that should give you an answer to your question. So I did officially tell them. Um, they, of course, went berserk. So instead of teaching social studies today, um, they just asked me a whole bunch of questions about being gay. So I think it was pretty well. Uh- That's corrupt. That's absolutely insane that that would be the case, right? Um, and then there's there's more. There's a... Uh, Let's see. Well, there, there's a, there's another medley uh, that uh, right here. Let's take a listen. schools look like now. This has been my first year in preschool with a class of my own. We've been talking about gender and skin color and consent, preschool, and empathy and our bodies and autonomy. It's been fabulous. I teach my elementary school students about gender identity. Some people are girls, some are boys, some are both, some are neither. I might tell this kid. We do have a flag in the class that you can pledge your allegiance to. And he like looks around and he goes, oh, that one? It's a gay flag. <laughs> it's absolutely absurd. You know, so uh, these, are, these are people that are pushing an agenda and they're pushing for voter blocks. They're locking them down. They're dividing America. They're gaslighting the public. And up is down, left is right, you know, and they're doing it on purpose. And it's a political strategy that's actually been effective in the past to divide and then conquer and take the bigger part. So these people are blindly going to support. They're, they're creating nonsense. A lot of them are paid to influence. And then they create this nonsense. And then people that support it get funded to win elections. And support this and perpetuate it. And it takes away our identity. It takes away... Uh, our culture, and, and so does open borders, and so does all these other things. Well, we're going to cover, continue to cover these subjects even more throughout the week. And uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning into the Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out our Substack over at scottadamshow.substack.com. Also, if you'd like to make a donation to our 501c tax deductible nonprofit that supports Red State Talk Radio, uh, be sure to check out magapack.org and make a donation if you can. They're helping Red State in every way. And also check out scottadamshow.com for our latest podcasts. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. And use Red State over at MyPillow as a promo code. Just to bury my kids right up to there.